Um, yeah, you already introduced the title. Um, our topic is a chase camera in a dense environment using proximal policy optimization trained neural network. Um, us, that's uh, me, James Rooks. I uh, did this work at the University of Hamburg. I'm currently a master student in computer science and did this as my bachelor thesis. Now I work at my own game studio, uh, Soapbox Interactive. And my colleague, Nikolaus Kazakis, is currently working at Deep Silver Fish Labs in Hamburg. Um, they are hiring if you're interested in that kind of stuff. Let's dive into the topic. Um, what we've been working with is cinematography for games. For um, example, in esports or competitive matches, you want a cinematic experience like a regular sports event. Um, you want to watch your friends play in a cinematic fashion. You want to um, see the game from a different perspective while you're waiting in between rounds in games like Counter-Strike or you want to see highlight videos of your own games afterwards without having a full-blown TV team uh, doing that for you. And uh, moving a cinematic camera in real time by hand is a hard or near impossible thing to do. And uh, there are existing uh, automatic cinematography systems, but they are very complex. And our approach was to simplify this whole thing using AI. And we call our solution Camerai. And uh, we wanted to control a virtual camera with a neural network directly. We want to navigate the camera through dense environments in real time, like a complex video game level. And we want to get good shots of players running around. What we mean by that, we'll specify more obviously, but at the bottom you see two pictures, uh, two shots um, that we consider good cinematic shots. Uh, on the bottom left, player announced battlegrounds and on the right, Fortnite. First of all, we see uh, what is the state of the art? What do currently popular games use? Uh, we see a screenshot from Overwatch, uh, first person perspective, while you're spectating other people play. This is very common, but this is not cinematic. And uh, on the right, you see Counter-Strike Global Offensive. And they have the same, they also offer a fixed third person camera that's always stuck directly behind the player, also not cinematic. These games offer ways to um, place static cameras or have camera rights, but you have to do that by hand. It's very labor intensive. And on uh, large maps, like in Battle Royale games, uh, this is near yeah, impossible or on very big uh, or different levels that are procedurally generated, like in Minecraft, for example, it's not feasible to place static cameras everywhere and have them be in the same location for every map. So we looked at existing virtual camera systems that tackle this problem well. Um, there are some, here's uh, some screenshots from a work from Ozaki et al, but they use very computationally complex and uh, expensive algorithms like a star search in 3D space. This needs a lot of computing power and has high complexity. As you see there, there are entropy maps of four layers that are meshed together. So very uh, complex algorithms. Um, Similar work is done by Lino and Christy. They have a good system to capture two players at a time, but it's also incredibly challenging uh, algorithms to implement. One colleague of mine did his whole thesis on implementing this. 
and they introduce a, a concept called toric space, but it's so complex might be reason this is not uh, widely used yet. Um, then a very similar problem to ours is cinematography with aerial camera drones. Um, we read those papers too, but as you see here in a work from Jian and Kim, they also use uh, grid search or A star search in, in 3D levels, and they don't introduce any fundamentally new concepts. There are people who tried to do this with machine learning, like Wang et al. They used explicitly neural networks and reinforcement learning, like we intend to do, and they've been successful, but um, they only calculate good camera positions in a sphere around a person, for example. But we haven't found someone who directly connected the output of a neural network to the input of the camera. And uh, this is what we want to do. It's our concept, have a camera be controlled directly through a neural network and have it move through dense levels, trying to follow a player that's walking around somewhat randomly. Um, and we want to achieve this by using the ML agents, machine learning agents library for Unity, a 3D engine, and uh, a neural network. And uh, here you see uh, the first step, our training environment. We created four levels from simple to complex. The most simple one is the plane at the top left, and the most complex one on the bottom right is the full reconstruction of the level D plus two from Counter-Strike, a very popular level. Then we have bots that run around. Uh, we use this blue figure and they walk on the nav mesh. The blue mesh you see on level three here, they choose a random position, go to one, then choose a new one, go there. They take shortest paths, cut corners, so it's somewhat realistic movement. And then we have a camera that's supposed to follow the spot. And the camera can move free in all axes, X, Y, Z, and it can uh, yaw freely and pitch uh, in 180 degrees so we avoid upside down pictures and we excluded roll because we don't want that in cinematography and uh, we fixed the field of view so we have five uh, degrees of freedom the three axes for movement and your own pitch now um, to feed information from our uh, model into the neural network um, we can obtain the most obvious information like the position and the orientation of the camera and the player. But uh, we need to have more information so that the camera can navigate this dense environment. And here uh, we introduce a frustum check. So we check whether the player is in the field of view of the camera. We cast a, a cubic um, bounding box around the player and check for every a corner point of the bounding box whether that's in the field of view of the camera or not. On the left, you see an overview of the scene. And on the right, you see the output of the scene. And you see some uh, corners are in there, some not. This concept is uh, introduced by Ranon and Urli, which are cited uh, at the bottom. Yeah, so we have eight booleans basically in field of view or not in field of view of the camera. Then we can also do the same procedure for occlusion checking, where we have a similar setup. You see on the left, a camera, a player with a bounding box and an obstacle, um, and on the right, the output of the camera. And you see, okay, some corners of the bounding box are uh, occluded, some are not. This is more information for our new network. Then, uh, so the camera can uh, see obstacles that are not between itself and the player so it doesn't bump into things we cast what we call environment rays from the camera 
These are rays with a limited distance and they scan the uh, environment and give back the distance to the closest obstacle to the camera in all directions. So this one, for example, sees the floor is close to it, the walls a little bit further and the sky is open. Um, and lastly, we have a camera collision check because this is the worst perspective, uh, a camera bumped into geometry. So we cast a small sphere around the camera and I get a Boolean value back, is the camera colliding with something or not? Now, the neural network we want to use. Um, this has an input layer, and uh, the final version, is, it has 48 inputs. This kind of depends which informations we use and what shape. Then we have two hidden layers. They have 128 neurons each, and an output layer with uh, five uh, neurons for the five uh, degrees of freedom of the camera, which we directly connect to this neural network. Um, we want to run uh, reinforcement learning on this yeah, simple uh, MLP, and we use a special uh, reinforcement learning algorithm. It's called PPO, Proximal Policy Optimization. And this is delivered with the ML agents uh, library from Unity. And uh, it's a very general purpose reinforcement learning algorithm. It solved all these Atari games without any um, hyperparameter tweaking. And that's why uh, we thought this is a simple solution where we don't have to uh, work with a lot. Um, now, uh, these are the possible inputs that we could use for the neural network based on all the observations we just made, the camera position, rotation, the environment rays I explained, and the occlusion check and the frosting check. Some of these are uh, available in different coordinate systems, and we will figure out which is the best configuration here. The outputs are already set. We have five degrees of freedom, three of them in movement, and two of them in uh, rotation, the pitch and the yaw. Uh, yeah. And now we have a neural network. We know what we want to put in and take out. And the important thing for reinforcement learning to work is the reward function. And now we have to define what is a good shot. And we start by uh, defining what we don't want. And the worst possible shot for us is the camera being stuck inside geometry, which we should see here. Um, this gives a penalty of minus one, the highest one. Then a little better, the camera is not stuck but uh, maybe some, um, some corners of the bounding box of the player are either out of the field of view of the camera, as you see on the right, or occluded by some other geometry, as you see on the left. And based on the number of corners that are occluded, we give a, a low negative penalty. Now, when these criteria are met, all uh, corner points of the bounding box and field of view are unoccluded, we already give a low reward. What you see, what happens here, the camera makes it easy for itself and moves into a bird's eye perspective, which is not what we actually want. So we introduce another function that gives an ideal distance of the camera on the X, uh, Z plane, so on the floor plane, and an ideal vertical distance. So this results in a circle of ideal positions around the head of the player. And uh, we give the highest reward if it's in one of the ideal positions, and as it fades away with more distance, uh, we lower the reward with a Gaussian curve. Now we trained this model and we had 10 players and 10 cameras, always in pairs, uh, training simultaneously. We sped this up 100 times. This is a hard limitation of the Unity engine. Um, 
we uh, trained in intervals of 500 time steps. And if a camera lost a player, we reset the camera. Now, uh, as I showed you earlier, we had like several options how we could construct the inputs. Um, and we made incremental progress on solving different problems. The first one was keeping the player in the field of view. To achieve that, we, um, we needed the position and orientation of camera and player and world coordinates and the FOV check. Then to um, avoid player occlusion and camera collisions, we needed um, the position and orientation of the camera, not in world coordinates, but in camera coordinates. This was the first big change. And then we also needed the occlusion check and the collision check. Um, then keeping the preferred distance with the first two, as I told you before, uh, the camera ended up in this bird's eye view, but to get it in the preferred distance, we uh, added this circle of ideal camera positions and the Gaussian uh, function to make the reward uh, more continuous. And then lastly, we had very long training times in the beginning, what we normalized all the inputs and especially encoded the things like the, um, all the checks with the corners of the bounding box and with one hot method. So we provided one individual Boolean value to the neural network, which was either one or zero. And this reduced the training times to only 40 minutes on a normal computer. This is the final input configuration, which we came up with. We don't need the camera position itself. We need only the camera rotation and world coordinates, uh, the camera environment race, the player position and rotation and camera coordinates, and the occlusion and frost and check, which are coordinate space independent. Now to our training results. Uh, what you see here needs some explanation. The reward on the left um, is over 500 time steps. The highest possible reward is 0.5. And we only uh, check for the reward every four time steps. So that makes a maximum reward of 62.5. And this is, as you see here, we are over 50 on all levels. So we are very close to that. And the lowest possible reward is uh, twice as low, minus 125, because we have a negative reward of a maximum of minus one. Um, so these are actually very good results. And we trained over 200,000 time steps. And that equals the 40 minutes I mentioned. And um, you see the four levels here. And the first level uh, gives the highest rewards because it's the simplest. And level four, the recreation of the dust two, gives the lowest rewards because it's the most complex one, but still very good results. Now I show you a video of this applied. Here we have some interesting scenes of the player running around the dust two recreation. Um, you see the camera manages to uh, keep the player in the field of view. There's no geometry occluding the player. And here I'm just controlling the player live. The camera does not know where he will go next. It just positions itself in places where it makes sense. Also here with ceilings and everything, this works very stable. We also measured how stable this works. And we let this run for uh, 10 hours on all levels. And we see even on the most complex level, level four, 96% um, of the time, um, the player was fully inside 
and only uh, three and a half percent of the time the player was partially inside and not inside only 0.07 percent of the time uh, those are great results then we have two common scenarios where we uh, are better than the state-of-the-art per person fixed camera uh, at the top you see an overview of the scene um, the green camera is the state-of-the-art third person that's displayed at the bottom right. And if a player turns his back against the wall, this camera has to come really close, while our camera system recognizes there's a wall and stays at a reasonable dis distance at a different angle. Another uh, common scenario with a different setup is if a player moves sideways with his back to a wall. Here you see again the green uh, normal third-person camera has to make a jump and go really close to avoid uh, occlusion, but our camera uh, realizes that early and stays in a good position. However, there are obviously some limitations. Um, we simplified the bounding boxes a lot by just using eight uh, points. There are edge cases where this doesn't work so well. Um, and we don't take into account uh, other players' interactions, the background of the scene, this remains future work. We only focused on chasing a single player through a dense uh, environment or level. We conclude, um, we can reliably follow a player through a dense environment in real time without occlusion or collision. Uh, we have low implementation effort and low performance effort. All inputs we use can be uh, derived easily from all common 3D engines. There are only positions, uh, ray tracing, stuff like that, or ray casting. Um, we have better results than the state-of-the-art third-person camera in two scenarios that I just showed you. And finally, we are limited to only uh, filming a single player. There remains a lot of work uh, to be done in the future. Thank you for your attention. Are there any questions? Thanks, James. That was a really nice presentation. Uh, we can take probably one question, given that we're really time constrained. Uh, we have a question by uh, Anayotis. Uh, have you also considered the camera image as input? Um, actually, we have not done that yet. I mean, of course, I've thought about it, but because we are in a perfect video game world, we wanted to skip the step of having to derive things like the player position from an image, then getting it into the neural network, which would have to be done in real life with all these drone papers that I showed in the beginning. They can't just get the position of their target. They have to find it in an image, while we actually have see it as an advantage or having an easier time to um, get information that would not be visible in an image, like a player being behind a wall or other players being there, etc. So uh, we thought about it, but we decided to go this way and take the perfect information that we have in a virtual 3D world that is not available in the real world where you need to use camera images.